Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast will be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. In your Son, Jesus' name, let us say amen. You may take your seat. Paul's life is a story of God's grace. The Bible lets us know about Paul. He is a murderer. He is a person that killed people, killed Christians. He he persecuted Christians. It is in this that Paul reminds the Galatian church in the first chapter of Galatians. He says... I persecuted the church of God beyond measure. He said, I did this beyond what you could even think. He said, beyond measure. He says, you know my background. Look at somebody say, you know my background. And if you don't know, this would be a long conversation. As a matter of fact, you might not even want to sit next to me if I told you some of the things I've done. Uh, if some deacons talk to you later on, you'll be like, how he even handing out pamphlets? Uh, if some of the worship team told you some things, you'll be like, how they even playing? Because if you've known the person we were before God, and even some of the things we done after God, you'll say how. Somebody say how. You know my background. I love God because he takes us and he cleans us up from the inside out. The Bible says he makes us white as snow. Somebody say white as snow. You look like Snow White. (laughs) You got some kids, they could be the seven dwarfs. Because he makes us white as snow. Problem is we're in a season where disgrace and embarrassment are the marketing tools of an unhealthy society. While some people are, 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 are the, they have the ability to cause shame. Maybe unintentionally, but some do it purposely. They just have the ability to cause shame and guilt in our life. But we know that Paul is the writer behind this epistle. Because in the classic Paul writing, we see his salutation. Paul writes in Romans from from Corinthians. Because at this point, he has yet to visit Rome. Why has he not visited Rome? This is the most important city in the Rome, not a pretty city in in the world. Not he has not received a visit from the most important apostle. That's not doesn't make sense to me. Why hasn't he visited Rome? I mean, this is the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament, and why hasn't he visited the most important city to share the gospel? I mean, he is the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament, isn't he? 
The problem is this, God is in control. Somebody say God's in control, right? God's in control. I mean, there were many times where Paul says that the Holy Spirit forebode him to go to this place, to go to that place. And, and he had plans, however, when he finally made it to Rome, it wasn't the way he wanted to. We could always have plans to do something, but it is the Holy Spirit that has the ultimate plan. We got to follow the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I, I got to follow the Holy Spirit spirit it's, it's, it's him that leads us we always want to do something before the Holy Spirit but you have to understand that it's God that's in control God is the one that leads us it's important in everything that we do to allow God to lead the problem and the mistakes that we make most of the time in our life is when we decide that we're going to go before God Paul had the understanding in his life, even as a young Christian, to know that it was God in control. It may have taken him getting knocked off his donkey and not on his donkey to get the understanding that it was not him in control. You'll get that later. So many times in my life, I didn't let God lead. We were led by many different things. Many of us was led by our flesh. We was led by money. We was led by our emotions. We were led by peer pressure. And the enemy was in charge. And it's important to know this in your life at any given moment. Who is leading you? Oh, that's good right there. You should be writing that down. Somebody should be writing. We should... You should be taking notes. You should be writing that down in your phone or something. Who is leading you at any given moment? Who is in charge of your desires? Most of the time, it's not you. A lot of times, it's the people that's around you directing what you're going to do next. Your friends are doing something new. Well, you know, I was thinking about doing the same thing. No, you wasn't. That, that, you never thought about going skydiving. And all of a sudden, you know, I was thinking about doing that too. All of a sudden, you're being led by other people's desires. Who is leading you? Galatians 5.16 says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Most of the times, we're being led by our flesh and not by the Spirit of God. Mm. That's why they tell you when you go into the grocery store, you need to eat before you go. Because if you go in the grocery store hungry, you're walking out of there with two baskets. And you only went in the store for five things. Huh? You being led by your flesh. There's so much more I could say there, but there's children in here, so I'm just going to stop there. Paul talks about this in, 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 in Romans 1. He says this. He says, now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you but I was hindered <laughs> until now 
You see, God has an opportune moment, a situation, a place, a, a season for you to do what he has you to do. Sometimes you get upset because you're wondering why God has hindered you for a certain season. He has stopped you from going to a certain place, doing a certain thing, a certain job. And he says, I am not saying no, I'm saying not now. Paul says, now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I had often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among other Gentiles. Hmm. He says, I am a debtor both to Greek and to barbarians, both to wise and unwise, so that as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to who, to you who are in Rome also. In Romans 1, Paul addresses the Gentile believers in Rome and begins to explaining his mission, which was to preach the gospel to everyone. He concludes the explanation by saying, for I am not ashamed. He says, he says I came not just to preach to you, but I came to preach to everyone. I love that he uses the word barbarian because back then, the Greeks, when they would hear other people talk in their native language, it sounded like bar to them. So they called everyone barbarians. So he says, I come not just to speak to you, but I come to speak to Gentiles and barbarians. He says, I, I want to preach the gospel to So, so when God sends me to Rome along this way, I have work to do. That's why God hindered me on the process. You see, you're wondering why you haven't made it to your destination that you want to make it to. It's because you have work to do in the process. God has something for you to do. There's not always your, your, your eyes are always on the end goal. But somebody says, the journey is so much better than the end. I want to get to the, I want to get to the end, but it's all about the journey. It's always about the journey. Journey is growth. Journey is where God deals with you. Journey is where you get the process of, of touching other people's lives the end is just the end. Somebody said, end is just the end. But it's always about the journey. Amen? And he concludes his explanation by saying, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. Now, the word translated ashamed means disgraced or personally humiliated. A person ashamed in this way is like someone singled out for misplacing his confidence. He is tr he's trusted, he is trusted in something, and something has let him down. Or he's trusted in someone. And that someone has let him down. You see, that's why he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because sometimes in our life, we have put our trust in the wrong people. 
Everybody shake your head like this, Bill. Yep. If they sitting next to you, don't just. You have put your trust in the wrong people. You put your trust in things, and they have let you down. And so this is the shame that he's talking about. He said it's disgraced or personally humiliated because we put our trust in the wrong people. And because we put our trust in people that were not able to hold us or uplift us, they let us down. Uh-huh. He trusted in something that was not able to sustain him. And everybody saw it. Everybody saw you trust in the wrong person. Everybody might even told you, don't do that. Don't trust in them. That's not, that's, they not sturdy. They not the right person. And you still put your trust in them because you're like, there's something. You still put your trust in that job. You still did it anyway because you had your idea and your plan of what you wanted to do. And you were humiliated. You were put to shame. The word can refer to being dishonored because of forming the wrong alliances. You ever did that one? You've made the wrong friends? The companion of fools will suffer harm. I love that verse because you don't even have to be the fool. You just need to be the companion of a fool. You need to be in the car with a fool. You don't even have to be the one driving the car. You could just be in the car with a fool and both of y'all go to jail. You could be in the house with a bunch of fools and the house get raided and you wasn't even the owner of the house. You just in the house with a bunch of fools and everybody go to jail. You were the companion of fools. And you all suffered harm. That's why I tell you, my kids, you better watch who you hang out with. You better watch your alliances because they will put you to shame. So when Paul says that he is not ashamed of the gospel, he's saying his confidence in the gospel is not misplaced. I need you to understand that this morning. I'm getting ready to preach. You need to put your confidence in the word of God because it will never let you down. That's one thing that I can say this morning. And I get an amen in this place that when I put my confidence in the word of God, I've never been let down. I put my confidence in God. I've never been let down. I've always been able to stand on the sturdy word of God. It is my rock. It has always been there for me when I've needed it. I've never been let down by God. Anytime I've been in trouble, I've been able to call on the word of God. I've been called on, I've called on people and they ain't answer the phone. But when I called on God, he was always there. Amen. Ah, I got some people that believe with me today. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He says, I, his confidence in the gospel is not misplaced. There is no disgrace in declaring it. Paul had given his life to proclaiming the truth that Jesus himself had revealed to him. As the scripture said, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. He explained to the Romans, Romans why he did not believe that he had wrongly identified with Jesus and why proclaiming Jesus' message was his life work. I need you to understand that this morning, that this is my life work, not because of what you say about me, 
not because I plan on getting rich by it, not because of anything else, but because I believe in him. I believe in him, and the mandate that he's given me is to preach this word to all nations and to preach it so others might be lead. <laughs> Just as Paul places confidence in the gospel of Christ, so can we. We can proclaim with boldness the truth that Jesus has revealed in his word with no fear that our confidence is misplaced. You may misplace your confidence in me sometime. You may misplace your confidence in other people, but one thing you cannot misplace is your confidence in his word. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. To live unashamed of the gospel means we proclaim it. I wonder this morning, is there people in your life that don't know that you serve God? I'm not talking about the fact that you go around saying, I love done, I love from church. Because we can be people up inside the head with the word of God and they still not know that you serve God. Oh, that's good right there. I'm talking about by your life. It's one thing to go around preaching the word of God. It's a whole other thing to live in. Because we can say a whole bunch of things that we do not believe. Paul's life choices supported his message. I want to do your life choices support your message. Do your life choices support what you worship? Do your life choices tell everyone around you that you serve God? I'm talking about not what you did today but what you do tomorrow night. Oh, that's good right there. Yeah. Can I meddle? Can I meddle? You know, I like that. They call me the meddler. What you do tomorrow night will determine what other people believe about your message. That's a good sermon right there. And when I left church on Sunday, I woke up on Monday, and I went to the bar on Monday, and I walked in that bar, and I bought me a whiskey sour, and yeah, somebody came up next to me, and it had pretty hair, and it ran down down to the back, yeah, that's your sermon right there. Oh, you preached it. Yeah. And I asked them, was they dating anybody? And they said, no. And I said, what you doing when you leave this place? Oh, yeah, you preached that sermon. And then on Saturday night, I got my church clothes ready. <laughs> and then Monday, I did it all over again. Oh, I wonder, is your message online with your lifestyle can we oh man I, let me let me shift let me shift back shift back that's why in Matthew 3 8 God says this he says bear fruit in keeping with repentance ah isn't that good 
Because when we allow sin to go unchecked in our lives, we become ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. So we have to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Yeah, that's good. What does that mean? That means that when I come to God and when he has changed my life, there are some things that I don't do anymore. There's some things that I have to leave behind because I have to bear fruit worthy of repentance. That my life's sermon is different. It's important for us to bear fruit worthy of repentance. Because a repentant life, just as a human life is, is evident by a newborn baby who grows up into adulthood, being saved and born again is evident by a changed life and a changed desire that is geared towards Christ likeness. Can I teach this? Every Christian must realize that once we are saved by Christ, we turn away from the things that Christ saved us from. He saved you from crack. That means I turned away from crack. That means I don't dabble in crack. That means he saved me from crack so I don't, you know, have Wednesdays off. Turn away from things Christ saved me from. Repentance, according to Webster, Webster's Dictionary, is a relinquish from any practice, from conviction that has offended God. What am I doing that offends God? Not offends me. What am I doing that offends God? Simply put, when we repent, we turn our backs on the things that displeases God. Amen? So when we're told to bear fruit in keeping with repentance, it means living a repentant life, one that is characterized by consistent, persistent pursuit of godly living. Amen? A pursuit of godly living. That means I'm... I'm going towards, I'm walking towards, I'm trying my best to live a life that is worthy. Is this good? Are y'all picking up what I'm putting out this morning? Amen. But what is salvation? What is this salvation that Paul is talking about? Romans 1.16 when he says, for the gospel is the power of power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And what does it mean? Okay, he says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Salvation is used five times in Romans, and it means deliverance or rescue. Right? It's preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin or harm. It's not just spiritual, it encompasses the whole you. Somebody say the whole me. It's physical, mental, and spiritual. So it's physical, mental, and spiritual. Salvation means the whole you. So when God says, I want to give you uh, salvation, he's saying, I want all of you to be changed. 
I'm constantly saving you. I want to give you a sound mind. I want your body to be changed physically. If you got harm going on in your body, you got high blood pressure, you got diabetes, you got all these different things. When you come into God's salvation, he says, I want all of this to change. I want your lifestyle to change. Amen? He says, I want your mental health to get better. What would God look, what would God look like if he was a God that says, okay, you, you're going to go to eternal life, but you're going to spend the next 90 years of your life in mental anguish. He says, I want your life to change. It's the whole you he wants to change. But it takes total surrender. You see, for most of us, many of us are not surrendered in a certain area of our life. We'll say, well, I'll come, but I won't be. I'll come, but I won't surrender. I'll come, but I won't participate. I'll come, but I won't submit. And none of that is in line with what the verse is talking about. None of that is in line with kingdom with kingdom practices. Oh, yeah. y'all not picking up what I'm putting down. The verse in James when he says. He says this about the enemy. He says, somebody help me. Resist the devil and he'll flee. The verse before that says, submit to God. Then you have the ability to resist the enemy. If you haven't submitted to God, how can you resist the enemy? It's impossible to do both. You have to submit to God before you can resist the enemy. Um, the first point that I want you to know today is that the power of the gospel is what frees us from being ashamed of the gospel. The gospel does not tell people about the power. The gospel does not tell people about the power of God. Rather, it is the power of God for salvation. This means that the salvation is not something that sinners can attain by their own efforts or good works. If that was so, Christ did not need to die on the cross. Salvation is not a joint project. Salvation is not something that we do together, God. We doing this together. We going to save us. What God is saying is that I do the work. What you do is submit. Oh, that's good, huh? You may be thinking, but don't I need to believe? Yes, we will see that moment when, when salvation comes to you. You must believe, right? You must believe. But saving faith 
Saving faith, which includes repentance, is not something that the sinner can produce on their own. It is the gift of God so that we will not boast. That's what the Bible says. It is a gift that we, so we cannot boast and say it was anything that we did. It's a gift. Somebody say it was a gift. I receive it. I receive. You didn't say, you didn't say anything about Christmas when people gave you a gift. You was like, oh, thank you. We picked this out good, didn't we? We sure picked a good gift for me. Well, some of y'all might have said that. But most of us did not pick a gift with the other person that gave us the gift. Amen? When Jesus cried out, and this is the example. When Jesus cried out to Lazarus, come forth. Amen? The bystanders may have thought, he's crazy. He's speaking to a dead man who has been in the tomb for four days. What is he doing? But the power of God, through the word of Jesus, told a dead man to get up. The dead man did nothing. All the dead man did was get up. The issue is this. The dead man, once he was awake and up, had to make the decision, do I come out? Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good for anybody right now. That's good for those that sleep in here. You had to make the decision once you heard those words, get up, and your eyes woke up. Do I come out of this grave? Each and every one of us make that decision every day. Every day you hear God's voice. You make the decision, do I stay or do I go? Lazarus heard his voice from the dead, and we hear his voice every day, and we make decisions to just stay dead. We just make the decision to stay dead. It's so easier for our life to just stay dead. It's just so much easier to stay in tombs, tombs of addiction and fear and tombs of sexual immorality and just tombs where we just stay there because it's so much easier to just stay dead dead mm. my shame and guilt have me trapped I'm so glad that shame and guilt don't live here anymore can I go deeper uh, that's what the gospel is like gospel is like God speaking to dead people and they had no work involved in it. They just got up and decided, I'm not going to live like this no more. I refuse to stay dead. I heard his voice call me one time, and I got up and started to live. That is the gospel. It is the power of God. second thing is this ongoing belief is the condition for this salvation ongoing belief is condition for this salvation notice the verse 16 does not say the gospel is the power of God to bring about faith and salvation it says this the power is the power of God unto salvation that's so good right there to everyone who is believing that's present tense. 
okay? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who is believing. That, that's present tense. That's, that's good, huh? In other words, Paul's point here is not that the power of the gospel creates faith, but that for those who have faith, the gospel brings about salvation. So the point is not that the gospel is the power for conversion to faith. The power is that the gospel is the power to bring about future salvation through a life of faith. I don't stop believing at a certain point. I continue disbelieving. My faith don't stop. I continue in faith. This is good. Y'all picking up what I'm putting out? It's ongoing belief. Ongoing belief is the condition for this salvation. I have to keep believing. I have to keep growing in faith. I have to keep, keep my life focused on him and keep growing and keep growing. That's why Paul says faith to faith. Faith to faith. It's greater faith. Somebody say greater faith. Greater faith. Greater faith. Faith to faith. Greater faith. I, I, was, I had smaller faith in the beginning. I had false, small faith. But then as my life grew and I continued to see God for who he was and I saw the miracles happen in my life and I seen him bring me out of this and this and this, I went from faith to faith. I saw my, I saw my faith get bigger and I went from faith to faith. And it got greater and greater. Somebody say greater faith. That's how it is. It says it's an ongoing belief. It's a condition for salvation. I can't stop believing and still think I got salvation. I can't stop in a certain point in my life and say, well, you know what? I don't know if I still. No, I got to keep believing. I got to keep focusing on him and knowing that he's pulling me through of every situation, every circumstance. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. It's a life of faith. The tense of the verb believe here is crucial. It signifies ongoing action, not just the first act of faith, not just when you first believe, but when you was converted. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who is believing. I know there was power when you was converted, but that same power is in you right now. That same power lives in you right now who is believing, who goes on believing. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 2 says this, where Paul says, I preach to you the gospel which you received, in which you stand, by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, you unless you believe in vain. He says, which you received in which you stand, by which you are being saved. Somebody say, you are, are being saved. <laughs> Faith that does not persevere is in vain. And it's empty. James calls it dead faith. That's dead So the point of Romans 1.16 is 
that you don't have to be ashamed of the gospel because it is the only truth in the world which if you don't go on banking on day after day would will triumph over every obstacle and bring you to eternal safety and joy in the presence of the holy and gracious father he said he said you better bank on this and i bank on it every day because i know this is the only thing that will bring me through every crisis of my life i bank on it i live by it i live by this thing it's not just for the person that came in the church today it's the person that came in the church 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I live by this thing. You see, most of us want to live by prophecy. You want to live, you want to live by deliverance ceremonies, and you want to live by this, but it is the simple gospel that gets me through every day. Jesus lived and died and rose again with all power in his hands. It's just that simple. It is the simple gospel that gets us through. Mm -hmm. That's why most Bibles only give you the New Testament. Because it's the simple gospel. Third point is this, Derek, you can come on back. Paul says the gospel is for believers, not just for unbelievers. Oh, that is so good because you thought you made it. You thought you didn't even need the gospel no more. You don't even read the New Testament anymore. <laughs> you don't even read the gospels anymore. Matter of fact, you only read John. You don't even read Matthew and the synoptics anymore. The last reason I think he says this is salvation means in verse 16 is that the verse is given to the reason. I'm sorry. Paul wants to preach the gospel to believers, not just unbelievers. We've seen this, but look again at verse 15. Paul says, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you who are also in Rome. He's eager to preach the gospel to you, you believers. Not just unbelievers. Then he gives the reason for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to all such believers. I, I've learned this in my life. That no matter what's going on from day to day, I need power. Paul realizes this, that all the 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 learning that he has all the things that he has going for him the knowledge, the education money, wealth all that he has if he don't have power he has nothing for many of us the thing that we lack most in our life is power We go through all, all of our days and we talk a big game. We say what we can do and what we have and, and we talk so much nonsense. But the moment anything comes against us in our life, we fall apart. Not because that we are lacking in the ability to fight because we have the strength and we know how to fight. Many of us been fighting ever since we was kids. problem is we don't know how to fight in the spirit. 
We've never been able to call down fire before. We've never been able to pray longer than a minute. We've never been able to stand against our enemies in the spirit because when you've done all that you can do to stand, he says, stand. You lack in power. There it is. You don't have the power to stay awake. You don't have the power to stay focused. You don't have the power. He says it is the power of God for salvation to believers. You think that you were done because you came up and said a prayer. Baby, you need power. When you left this altar, all of hell was coming after you. And you didn't even know it. You left this altar and there was a target on your back saying she thought that she was going to leave here. And she thought that she was going to leave here and be able to stand with God. But all of hell said, I'm coming after them. And you left here with no power. And your children got a target on their back. Your wife and husband got a target on their back. Your family members got targets on their back. And you have no power. Uh, you don't know how to pray you don't know how to tarry for the Holy Spirit you don't even want to stand will you stand with me right now come on come on come on Paul says it is the power of God he didn't say prophecy was the power of God he did not say it he did not say the laying of hands was the power of God he did not say it he did not say it he said it was the gospel he said it was a simple gospel it was the fact that Jesus Christ died he rose again and he has all power in his hand that it is the power that same power lives in you that same power lives in you I refuse to be ashamed I lived ashamed for so long of who I was when I was on the ship, they made fun of me for praying. They made fun of me for saying I love God. They made fun of me for so many years. I refuse to be ashamed for the gospel. I refuse to be ashamed for who I am. I refuse to be ashamed. I refuse to live ashamed. Somebody say, shame don't live here no more, baby. Shame don't live here no, baby. I will proclaim the love I have for God because in my worship is power. In my prayers is power. In my fast is power. There's power! Somebody say power! There's power. There's power in my love. There's power in my joy. There's power in my peace. There's power right now. Come on, come on, come on. There's power. Power. I need power. Wonder working power. The power to cast out demons. The power to love. The power to forgive. I need power.
Listen, you need power. You don't need an A. You don't need none of that. You just need power. You need power. You want cancer gone? I need power. You want your children saved? I need power. You want your children back in church? I need power. I want my family finances fixed. I need power. I've been going to the wrong people. I've been asking the wrong people to pray for me because they ain't got no power. I need somebody with power. 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 I need people that know how to pray. I need no people that know how to call down fire. I need power. The time is gone for lazy Christianity. The time is gone for whippy Christianity. I need a savage Jesus. I need a savage Jesus. I need a savage Jesus. I need a savage pray power. I need a savage praying partner. I need somebody that know how to pray. I need somebody that know how to call down fire. I need somebody that's with me. Anybody with me today? The altar is open. The altar is open. And we're about to worship in this place. Somebody say power.